It's JP here again with Rue de la Rue Swanzor on behalf of the dogs of the chase in exile by order of the great high and humble dogger. It's episode five this time, all about how a band of impulsive and reckless dogs chased a pair of cave lions into their subterranean lair. And what happened there, and what all of that has to do with the sinking of Doggerland from within, and how the great project's plausibility, at least one aspect of it, the bringing it up from the bottom of the sea part, is suggested by certain known details. Rue, despite the terrible burden of being the chase in exile's answer to, oh, uh, say Homer, to begin with, if you will, she's the uh, griot, shenahi, storyteller, keeper of lore, historian, a repository of its distilled culture and history. Anyhow, despite all that, Rue is a light-hearted, winsome little monster. I call her monster. Because while E, the great high and humble dogger himself, may he rest in peace, used that moniker to address her, sometimes affectionately, sometimes in irritation. And it suits, not least because the word monster comes from the French verb montre to show, and showing me and everyone the unsuspected reality of dog's existence is her raison d'etre, more or less, insofar as the chase is concerned. As I say, notwithstanding that awesome responsibility, she's a sprightly and amiable monster whose delighted wagging and irrepressible rising to back legs upon seeing her human sisters is a sight that always makes me glad. I tell myself that my simple-minded sentimentality isn't worth remarking, that the enthused greetings of dogs are a cliché as worn, more worn, as any, that you surely will think it's the silliest thing imaginable for me to regard her fervent affection, her urgent total body undulation, the panting, manic frenzy of Rue de la Rue hellos as greater than the greetings of any other dog. She tells me, you're right, entirely right. She tells me, it's time to get on with the story. She sees no point, do you, Rue, in dwelling on her sunny disposition or on her smile with its curved pink gladness and sharp white exclamations. Considering the gravity of her furry head's contents, not to say the import of her very existence, her egalitarianism shocks me. Oh, she barks, barks, barks in abject embarrassment when I talk like this and chews her green rubber ball as hard as she can for maximum squeak. Maybe it's something else embarrassing her. I can't pretend to understand her. So anyway, down they went after the cave lions with the whole chaos of woof and charge they spilled through the hole into the cave. You probably know Dogs see better than we do in the dark because of their tapetum lucidum. That's a kind of reflective surface in the back of the retina that reflects light back through it. And so with those eyes and those noses all working together and with characteristic devil-may-care speed, the ears and tails flying everywhere they chased ever downward. Clumps of feathery roots hung from the ceilings, dusty gray, Sprays of fine soil rose with each pell-mell paw, shortcuts, dead ends, walls of interwoven root, barks and baying, growls and echoes, eerie flickering points 
of green and yellow. Hours passed as teams of dogs followed mazes of trails. The scent of cat was thicker than the darkness. Deeper and deeper they followed or imagined they could be following. Imagined they might catch those felines around the next corner and be caught by them. Who knows how far down, how long they searched, yearning for a chance to fight and bite through fur and skin. In that endless warren, countless paths joined numberless halls ringed with cozy wide ledges like thrones where cats had rested and reigned over the dark now and again. The evidence of their hunts, piles of splintered and gnawed bones of elk and giant swans, dogs and people and seals, was everywhere. But the cats themselves evaded them somehow, and before the owls began their calls to announce the approach of evening, the chasers relented and reassembled a few at a time on the surface. In the long shadows, those dogs breathed the sea-salted air and laughed at the afternoon's folly. Chasing cats in the dark had long been a euphemism for futility. Inevitably, a couple of the pack had disappeared, and even the loudest Urgent howling didn't raise them. They were the two youngest dogs, a rangy, well-bred pair, littermates from the pack of one of the chase's most renowned and respected leaders, smart and full of merit, with extremely keen noses and mouths full of strong teeth. That the chase expected them to eventually become dogs of note contributed, along with their popularity and friendliness, to the duration of the search, Rue says the chase gathered dozens of dogs by messenger, trackers, fighters, veterans of chases against cats, short-legged ones, long-eared ones, and some reputed to have learned the language and customs of felines by long infiltration. Portions of the lair were excavated, braced to accommodate staging areas for round-the-clock search parties and equipment. Lions within four days running were cornered by specialized teams and interrogated. Hundred dog howls were mandated and executed several times daily. The lost dog's favorite foods were piled inside all the known entrances. And on the morning of the eleventh day, after a somber discussion among many respected dogs regarding the likelihood of those two missing individuals, barely more than pups, Having met an untimely end, the consensus was they'd likely been pounced upon, silenced with a single bite, and dragged away. Roe and Earth just wandered up and started wolfing down ducks and boiled eggs as if nothing had happened at all. They said they'd been lost underground for almost the whole time, but that just that morning had noticed they were in tunnels they recognized as part of the chase's redoubt. Just outside the wall, west exit is where we came out, they said. So many questions. That's episode five, and we're closer now to finding out what happened that made Doggerland susceptible to the tsunami that eventually pushed it under for good. Episode six is still away beyond the end of our leash for the moment, but don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Book That Eats People. Find more of Rue's Doggerland Tales on Anchor and maybe by now on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and others. Book That Eats People is on Facebook, too, along with the great project 
of the Dogs of the Chase in Exile page. Follow me, JP, at Chase Dog Project on Twitter. In episode six, even more will be revealed by order of the great high and humble dogger. Rate and review if you like us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. On behalf of the Chase in Exile and the Great Project, this is JP with Rue de la Rue Swanzor. Be good.